Welcome to the Oversoul Shaman King podcast. I am Vlor GTZ, and with me today I have my usual co-hosts, Marion and Sakaki. What's crack a Yo, peeps, what's up? Also with us today, we have a guest from the Dub Talk podcast. We have Jet Zero. How are you doing? Eh, doing pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Um, we decided to have Jet on today because I know Jet is a fan of Shaman King. I've seen them on Twitter quite a few times talking about the series and reading the manga. So yeah, I thought it would be a good idea, especially with the introduction of Joko in these volumes. But before we get into talking about volumes 12 and 13 of Shaman King, uh, I wanted Jack to talk about how they got into Shaman King. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, I was always kind of, like, vaguely aware of what anime was, thanks to, like, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, and all that good stuff. Uh, but I got into manga specifically when a friend of mine who, like, subscribed to, who subscribed to Viz's English Sub magazine at the time let me borrow a copy. Uh, Shopping King was one of the first things that was in there, and I remember uh, seeing a bunch of commercials for the four kids about Foxbox, so... I was kind of curious about it, and he let me borrow, borrow his copy of Volume 1. I dug it, so I read it a couple more times after that, and uh, he let me a couple more volumes he had on and off. And I kind of kept up with the anime a bit until it finally ended. Uh, sometime later in high school, I decided to like give the manga a reread, since I kind of mostly breezed through it the first time. Uh, the ending hadn't actually come out yet, so I didn't really think too much about it after that, but then... Uh, sometime later, I don't know, I think I was just like, like bored on YouTube one day and I came across like, I came across some episodes of the dub for the first time in a while and I just kind of ended up going through that again. And uh, since the anime kind of had the more conclusive ending, I just kind of ended, coming, ended up coming back to the anime every now and then. And, like, and the dub specifically kind of ended up being like a weird nostalgia piece for me. So yeah, that's mostly uh, me with Shaman King. Uh, eventually, at some point, I did read the real ending to the manga, and while I kind of, like, forgotten a lot of the finer details by that point, the ending, like, really stuck out to me is, like, very different from anything else I kind of read from Jump at the time. And while I still, like, revisited the anime every now and then, I kept wishing we could, you know, get a new anime that was a little more direct, and I guess that's happening now. So, I uh, went through the manga again for the first time in a couple of months. Maybe for the first time in a while, like a couple of months ago, uh, with Kanacha's new release, and I was honestly pretty surprised at how different the manga was. Like, it was definitely a lot more philosophical than what I remembered, especially going off of the anime, which was a lot more like of a straightforward shonen thing. And uh, yeah, Job and Gig was one of my big entry boards being an anime fan, and it's nice getting to talk about it again. Nice, yeah. Like, I think it's definitely kind of interesting to kind of look at the differences between the anime and manga, because after the road trip part of the series starts, like, they very much become different entities. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's definitely true, though, like, there's a lot of differences beforehand, too, like, horror horror shows up, like, much earlier in the anime than it does in the manga, which was one of the things I did remember very clearly. And then there's, like, a bunch of, like, other, like, really small differences, too, between story arcs before they, like, 
cut before they seriously diverge. So it kind of is like Full Metal Alchemist 2003 in that way. Same director. Yeah, which is too. funny because I think it's like, yeah, same director. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I remember finding that out and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's like literally the thing he worked on me right before doing FMAO 3 too. So. Uh, he gets two regret, uh, two requests to uh, change the story. Funny how that works out. I mean, just this is kind of anecdotal and pretty much only amusing to me. But I found out that the show that replaced the original Shaman King anime was Bomberman Jetters. <laughs> so, uh, oh shit! Sure. <laughs> Which it was fate for you to read this, Sakaki. It was. It was. <laughs> You seeing Marco as a kid screaming X while shirtless. <laughs> it was all prepping for this day. I love it. I love yeah. how people are never let that go. <laughs> That's like, yeah, I gotta say yeah, so yeah, I gotta say for me specifically going through the going back through the manga again for the first time in a while was kind of a surreal experience. Not just because it had been a while, but also because like with the anime specifically, a lot of my experiences also kind of partly with the four kids done, so I will that, so it's kind of interesting remembering like some of the weird translation choices they had compared to what was in here. Like, this, uh, like for like for instance, they went with the term like guardian ghost instead of spirit ally, which was always kind of like a weird thing that was kind of like yeah, sure, okay. I think kind of have that alliteration. Yeah, but I think like one of the more interesting things was that like that was that for like all the uh, for all the shaman abilities, they actually used the term for Ryoku instead of Mata, which I think was, like, the original term. So I think that's, like, the one instance where four kids might have actually been more accurate than the Vince release. So do you feel like the four <laughs> kids dub still holds up pretty well, or is it, like, not worth watching at all? Uh, it holds up pretty... It holds up pretty okay, especially by the standards of the time. I'd argue it's probably the best dub four kids ever did, like... And I, I mean, it's so it, like it's got its problems with like a bunch of like weird accents and whatnot, but uh, but it is like pretty faithful for the most part, bearing like one really like there is kind of like one really odd change early on where for some reason uh, Ren's father becomes his uncle for some reason. I always remember that uh-huh. set out as weird. Yeah, I always remember this, that set out as weird to me in particular because. The implication they had there was that at some point Ren's quote-unquote real father died, like, during the whole Tao family persecution, and that's why that's like, and that's why Tao Yuan is, like, so bitter towards the world, which, in a weird way, kind of made that whole thing darker than it was originally, and I don't know why they made that change. Huh. Yeah, I guess, like, they didn't want Ren to have an abusive father? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird because, like, it's weird because, like, beyond that, it was, like, actually surprisingly faithful. Like, they didn't even edit that much. <laughs> hmm. Uh, which, that, which, that, which, was which was always one of the things that really surprised me because I, because every time I go back to it, I was like, how did they get away with this on a Saturday morning time slot? And it's always surprised me. Oh, that is crazy. Because everyone else was watching Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> They're like, oh, Shaman King? No, that's lame. We're going to go watch Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Four Kids did a lot of that kind of stuff for their Ultimate Muscle dub, which is like had a lot of really suggestive jokes and everything. Like it went by so fast that you probably wouldn't notice it. But then it's like I remember there was one instance where one of the characters was like, "Hey, girls, let's have a threesome in golf." <laughs> what? I mean, I feel like you can't take that out of Ultimate Muscle because can they come out an Ultimate Muscle in general or just horny on main all I the mean, time? Fair, but. <laughs> 
I'm just more. I was just more expecting 4Ks to like do a little bit more with that, not amp it up. <laughs> yeah, I think they just remove the forehead signs and they're like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> We're not dealing with the rest of this. It's like, it's like, yeah, I kind of feel like that was. I kind of feel like that was sort of their approach to Chabi King. Like once they realized they couldn't get, they couldn't get around Death anyway, they were like, okay, maybe like, okay, maybe like. If they like any okay, maybe anything with someone getting like explicitly impaled or something is like a no no. But sorry, but beyond that, they were totally okay with characters like getting visibly killed on screen, so <laughs> I'm trying to think how did what they did they end up doing in the uh sorry. What what did they end up doing in the anime for uh like the whole Faust introduction where he's like cutting up Monza? <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure the anime edited that anyway, so like instead of like his guts getting spilled open it's just like Faust is just like reaching inside him. Ooh, oh, okay, yeah. That's still gross. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask too, because like, huh, did they show the Monta meat? <laughs> the Monta meat. <laughs> oh god, I know that's what yeah. we said, but I still hate it. <laughs> so, yeah, Jocko, uh, yeah, uh, as we'll get to when we talk about Jocko, Jocko's introduction to the anime was also very different, which is. Pretty, which is pretty much the only reason why I'm sure Fork is gonna actually air it. So. Yeah, yeah, I do remember it <laughs> being like really super different. It's also interesting because I think Jet, you're probably the first one we've had on the podcast that has like a large familiarity with the anime. So I think all our guests so far have been mainly like manga fans first. Is it? Yeah, so yeah, it is kind of weird because I did technically read the manga first, but yeah, my experience is like mostly with the anime. Do you also get the opening stuck in your head very often? Uh, I haven't listened to the da- I haven't listened to the Japanese openings as much as I like would like to. But yeah, those no, I think you meant the dub. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I, the, the, <laughs> the best opening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, the dub opening is also very much stuck in my head too. Yeah, I I, I don't know if you heard the story, but <laughs> I had a, I had a day in uh, like fourth grade where it just. It was in my head for the entire time, and I was in, like, the cafeteria, and I was, like, about to cry because I couldn't stop, like, hearing that song in my head while I was eating lunch. Yeah. I was having, like, a mental breakdown. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor baby Miriam. What times? Shaman King was the true villain. It was my destiny. I mean, it does sound like that's... To be Shaman King? <laughs> no. It does sound yeah. like the beginning of an Isekai story, a voice calling you from beyond to the other world. <laughs> You could have been that boy that dances with Gant. You could Literally. have been that boy that dances with ghosts. That could have been you. <laughs> yeah, it was It was mm. singing in my head the whole time. Now I'm just imagining Isekai about Manta for some I mean, reason. to be real, for real, he almost was transported to another world, honestly, when he met Yo. It's boy mince boy. <laughs> Ooh. <Yeah. laughs> okay, are we... Ugh. But yeah, I guess we should get into the volumes themselves now. So, Volume 11 left off in the middle of the fight with Boris, the wannabe vampire guy. And uh, Ryu's kind of kicking his ass, which is awesome. Uh, You can never have too much Ryu badassery. I, I always love that. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta say, like, coming back to the Boris thing in particular was kind of interesting to me as someone who's mostly familiar with the anime, because that fight in particular was done, like, much 
was like completely different in the anime, which was kind of surprising to come back to. Uh, what did they the, do different? Oh, uh, so in yeah, so in the anime, like uh, Boris was portrayed like a lot more sympathetically, and his relationship with Blombro was uh, basically completely different. Uh, in that version, Blombro was uh, uh, Blombro kind of realized too late that Boris and his family were vampires, were humans and not vampires. And so he kind of spent the rest of his life trying to find Boris after, you know, he kind of made him an orphan. Uh, but by the, by the time he actually found Boris, Boris was already under Howe's influence. And Blombro decided to atone by letting Boris kill him and willingly become a spirit ally. And, oh, uh, th- yeah, yeah, and this was one of the things that vividly stood out to me, not only because of how, like, weirdly messy it was, but also because four kids did not change the context of that literally at all, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> but, hmm. but yeah, it was kind of like an interesting uh, change, and also in the also in the anime, that's also kind of the point where Yo ends up setting up to the Xbox because he ends up trying to defend him, so that's also like a pretty major change, so it was kind of interesting, like, comparing that to how it's done in the manga. Oh, huh, yeah. interesting. In a way, that seems more messed up than what actually happened in the manga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, like, I actually, I, I like that approach a lot more, because as I was reading this, I'm like, oh, yeah, no wonder I don't remember this guy. <laughs> yeah, Mizushima was getting ready for FMA 2003. He was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Gotta get ready for making things more fucked up than they already were. <laughs> that <laughs> That's my new thing. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all wanted the original ending? Yeah, I'm gonna show you original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I think I mainly remember the Boris fight before this, mainly just because I found it boring when I initially read it. Oh, yes, the boring Boris stands for boring. <laughs> Thank you, Miller. Exactly. <laughs> I will say the art popped off, like, real big during this arc, though. Like... Oh, it oh, definitely yeah. I, I, yeah. I love the spear parts, where it's, like, the, the blood... the spe- the Oh, the spear's made out of blood? Like, yeah. that looks really dope. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because Takei, for the Kazumans, it seems like he slightly redrew that part, too, to actually add more <laughs> blood. Because <laughs> they're more spiky, for one thing, and, like, yeah, it looks a little more dynamic, in a way, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, you know what I really love, actually? The transition between, like, okay, we got, uh, we got Boris's backstory, and then, like, immediately after, <laughs> it's just, like, Ryu is like, okay, so what? And then, like, we we get, like, the the story of, like, what he did in the meantime, like, how he trained up with, uh... Tokagero? Shit, I forgot his name. Tokagero. Yeah, I think that is probably, like, the... I think that probably is the one thing I like about this, uh, compared to how the anime did it, because... So, uh, because uh, when we got, like, Ryu's whole thing about how he became a shaman in the anime, it was just kind of done in, like, some one-off episode, so... And then kind of contrasting it to, like, Boris's story was pretty interesting in a way. So, uh, so it's also kind of seeing how much Ryu's perspective had kind of changed by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of really like love- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I know, I was just gonna say, I especially really liked his whole speech at Tokugaru on page 57, where... And he's kind of talking about how there's there are no friends or enemies in this world, and it all kind of comes down to our own sense of what's fair. And I thought that was really powerful. I thought it kind of 
you know, really speak to the importance of being able to censor yourself and like how kind of empty conflicts with others can be. And, and, uh, and like that is very much the kind of theme decay is going for. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. And it really reminds me of like, uh, just, uh, their first interaction together, Tokugoro and Ryu, uh, where it's just like, Ryu is like, whenever he has like a fight, uh, it's really contrasted against like, People who, they're, like, sort of similar circumstances where it's just, like, people who are outcasts or, like, shunted by society or whatever. And, like, Boris is the same. Uh, he was, like, his his whole clan is, like, treated as, like, actual vampires or whatever. Uh, but, like, obviously they're still human. And Ryu is all about, like, finding the humanity in others, which is, like, obviously it makes sense for him to team up with Gyo then. But, like, uh, the way that... Uh, he speaks to Tokagoro while they're training and it's just like, well, uh, I guess you can be my spirit ally uh, once I become a shaman. And it's just like, we'll, we'll look for our happy place together. And it's just, while Boris was like stuck in his ways and like really kind of just like wallowing in like the, the history of his family and the fact that uh, everyone just like mistreated them just because they existed. Uh, Ryu goes the extra mile and like does something about it. Uh, he like, he's out there searching and like the fact that like he doesn't have a real he doesn't have like a place to belong uh doesn't really mean much because like that's that's like his golden life right to find his happy place uh it, it's really cool just like idealistically like seeing that kind of contrast between how the people fighting each other are like framed yeah. Um, oh yeah and i also i also really like the fact that like the training was like oh go to like this mountain or whatever and it's like related to the the tale of Orochi, uh, and like that's how uh, we get the whole thing with like, oh, his hair turns into the snakes or whatever. And it's just, that's, that's I mean, I like, I like that. going back to what Maria said, I, I, you know, just piggybacking off of that, I like the idea of just that Ryu's whole thing is the, des- the journey. It, it, it's not so much the destination as much as the journey. And it's like he's constantly moving, where, you know, the contrast to Boris, who stopped. He stopped in one place and didn't, and didn't, and didn't mm-hmm. go forward. And that's why he ended up the way he is. While well, you have Ryu, who was just like, yeah, I, 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 he had a place where he stumbled or was not even that he stumbled. He just he's always been constantly moving forward. And meeting Yo wasn't a place where he stopped. He just kind of made a detour to another in another direction. And it's like he, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I really like that idea of him. That and then him inviting. Yeah, like Boris emotionally isn't the same no, no. spot. Sorry to cut you off. He's in like Boris is like emotionally the same spot that Tokagoro was. Yeah, when exactly. He was confronted by exactly. Ryu, so, yeah, I, I couldn't say that better. I think especially that panel where like Tokagoro tears up after just hearing Ryu talk about like kind of his journey to achieve a happy place. Like that that hits really well. Yeah, just man. like Takei's always great at like really just kind of making his characters have these very kind of impactful expressions. I think, like, Tokagoro, he always does such a great job with, like, I think some of my favorite moments in Shaman King come from, like, Tokagoro's introduction volume, where, like, mm-hmm. he's breaking down about having, like, survived in the past and, like, killing his mother and all that stuff. It's great seeing that again, and, like, that relationship he's building with Ryu. Yeah, my little ugly spirit <laughs> can't be this cute. <laughs> 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 Ugh. One other thing I want to mention that's completely random here is one funny redraw I found was uh, 
when like Mikuhisa and like Yo's grandfather are talking, Takei decided to redraw shirtless Mikuhisa for some reason. <laughs> and, <laughs> Gotta make him look buff. That's the funny part. He looks exactly the same <laughs> almost. Like the line work is slightly different, and then he added like scratches to the mask. Oh, okay. Which I mean, cool, I guess. It's Takei being Takei and very meticulous. Um, and I guess he just felt like redrawing a shirtless dad. Who doesn't want? <laughs> you, you, you doesn't want shirt. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, uh, speaking of Yobe, I kind of gotta say I also really uh, kind of dug his speech, like when he's like kind of talking about like that, like the nature of like the neighbor, the nature of how shamans are, and like about the importance of faith and how people needed to accomplish things. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Like I thought, like I thought that was like. I was really kind of blown away by how philosophical that was, and it was, and it was really kind of interesting seeing the manga talk about faith in like a more general sense than what I'm like personally used to hearing. And it's, but I kind of found that pretty fascinating. Yeah, I think that goes in hand with like uh, the fact that he was like uh, Yo's grandpa was to Ryu that I'm going to test your tenacity because like tenacity in a sense is like uh, it's like a level of faith that you would have like in yourself or what. What what drives you? I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot I think, of it, I think they're kind of related. A lot of it, I think, comes down to like Takei is very much. He has this kind of like open curiosity about like faith and just cultures in general. And while he his depictions of them aren't always great, I think that curiosity definitely kind of shines through in his messaging. Where like, yeah, he he keeps these messages that are kind of like vague in a way, and like what they're directed at, but it still has the core feel of, like, what necessarily, like, tenacity and faith would be, regardless of, like, your background. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, any other thoughts about, kind of, Ryu and Tokoyero? Uh, I think we hit uh, the spots. Uh, yeah, not particularly. No, I... <laughs> if you got something, it's all good. I mean, the, yeah, I don't really have much else to say other than I, I think, the, as rereading this, they became kind of, like, almost my favorite pair over even Yo and um, Ami Damaru, just because there's a lot of development that goes into them that we can see. Like, Yo, I'm not to say that Yo and Ami Damaru are static, but it's just like theirs is way more subtle. It feels more rewarding to follow the two of them and see how they became where they are now. Mm-hmm. Yo, and, uh, Adam, uh, uh, Yo and Ami Damaru are both kind of like, you get their development from when they are where they were when they began to now i mean it's not too different but and you know as the series goes on but with them yeah it's just like you get that whole sense of the beginning middle and where they are now and you feel like you followed these characters to that point and i really like that yeah i know i've made this comparison before but he's basically the cool yeah. bar of shaman k he has the yeah. kind of most human touch to him he feels the most relatable among, like, our main fighters. And I think because of that, it's mu- very much easier to kind of visualize his growth in a meaningful yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like... Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, and I think that's not to say, like, Yo and Amidamaru don't have development, but I think, like, it's kind of what Sakagi says, like, what you see is yeah. almost what you get. And that, a lot that, of the development about- you get is kind of along the lines yeah, that you exactly. expect. Like, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wasn't a character who necessarily changes, but I think his overall philosophy is like 
very much the core of the story, and I always kind of found his character specifically like really fascinating. And that, and that any kind of any kind of stuck around is like my favorite character protagonist for that. Yeah, reason, Yo so. is Yo's mm, like yeah, definitely. his his philosophy doesn't change as much as it just kind of broadens. So like he. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's less that it's cha- less that he less that it's forced to change more that it's just consistently challenged yeah, at various like, points. Like I mean, as he's as he's put through trials and everything like that, like he starts to see it's not. I guess he, I guess to put it this way, it's like he gets more. The more he gets educated in sense of his trials, tribulations, and meeting people, the more important his goal becomes to him. And it doesn't change. It just becomes more, yeah. Yeah. I guess, for lack of better words, clear. Like, uh, I uh, I'm like, there's a word. It's not, it's not, it's escaping me yeah. right now. But it becomes more clear with this role. There you go. Nuance. More nuance. It becomes more nuance. Because before it's just like, I just want to kick back. Then it becomes a little bit more than that as he meets more people. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, it's funny because, like, for, I feel like for most, like, main characters, uh, as in, like, like titular, titular like protagonists or whatever like a lot of their character development is like yeah what you see is what you get but there's also just points where it's just like okay you must proceed to uh this point in the plot to unlock more and it's just like you know because uh like like now uh in these two volumes we're gonna see yo's whole like neutrality uh being challenged by marco and the, the archangels just because like being forced to like choose a side is something that yo doesn't really do um he's more of like an observer um and because his whole like philosophy of like uh wanting to like lay back and like be have like a relaxing life or whatever um it's we've we've talked about this at length where it's just kind of ironic because like oh you need to be strong in order to ensure that you can have like a peaceful life or whatever but like yeah, it, it's true though. Uh, to be able to like stand up to all of the people who like challenge that uh, that dream and like uh, the faith in yourself that you have to, to whoa to be able to keep that up is uh, is something that like anyone who's like gonna be the driving force of the story needs to have. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think like. The fact that, like, Yo has to kind of, like, face these challenges is kind of, like, his growth in a way. But I do like that Sham King, with its depiction of Yo, it, it very much sticks to its guns about, kind of, like, his mentality. And mm-hmm. I feel like, in a way, the series is more going through these tribulations to prove the value in his, like, viewpoints. Yeah. 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 It's not just, like, uh, like, reaffirming, like, oh, the main character is right. Yeah, it's not saying like this is the only way of doing things, but this is this is why this perspective yes. is valuable. Yeah. 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 And like just like that, like all the people that Yo meets, uh, because of his position and like believing that not everyone is can be like fully good or fully evil or whatever, like that's what helps him like see the mentalities of other people and like take from that uh like how he can judge other people and like uh like seeing those other perspectives are what help him like understand and like give him empathy. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when you see that kind of do that, do like his same kind of like perspective with like Boris here too, where like he kind of wants to like prevent Boris from dying in a way. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, yeah, but I really did. So yeah, his conflict with the Exilons here um, was pretty fascinating because again, it was not because again, it's like another pretty interesting difference from what the anime did. Uh, there, like, they had the, like, like, the XLLs were introduced a little bit earlier in the anime, and you kind of had, like, a few on-and-off interactions with them. So, as I, and, and, uh, and they were already, like, trying to influence Lightstring a little bit earlier on, so, uh, so, so, like, the whole bit I mentioned earlier where he decides to defend Boris is kind of, like, his, his whole breaking point with them, which I thought was kind of interesting. And it's, and, and it's also where he kind of does the whole speech about how, about how their whole about how their whole like black and white crusade is really much different from what Howard is doing, and it was also kind of the point where Lyser kind of gets a little bit fed up with Yo's philosophy and decides to join them, which uh, uh, which was also kind of a thing an interesting change for the anime. I kind of liked, but Lyser becomes a cop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's funny you mention that because I thought like because I thought Lyser's whole speech like. After the whole, like after the whole thing happens, where he t- that's like where he says like, "Oh, Boris was just a murderer." There's no need to feel sorry for him. Like, like I thought at that moment, Lightstring very much sounded like a cop, which was kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Lightstring is literally Batman. Oh God. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking speaking of the X laws and uh, Marco, after Boris is. Kind of defeated, the exiles pop in, kill Boris, and Marco shows up. And one of my he got that thing on him. Wait, what, Marion? Marco has that thing on him. <laughs> he got the peas. He's ready to shoot. <laughs> yeah, but the funniest part I found about this is like Marco's gun for the Kazanban <laughs> and the Kodansha releases. Takeda's decided to make it bigger. Oh, wow. That's so funny. <laughs> so I, I put the original image in the chat. And, like, uh. it's significantly smaller. And also, Marco's face is more rounder in, like, uh. the original version. So, like, uh. he made Marco more oval-like and then gave him a bigger gun. Because why not? Yeah. Gotta enhance the silhouette. Mm. I mean, I it's just so. weird because we're used to Takei making things at least 30% more pointy. <laughs> But like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he we did make Marco more pointy, though. Oh, so. I, I miss, I misunderstood. I mean, I misunderstood what you said. I thought you said that he got less pointy. Okay, got you. Okay, then yeah, yeah, he made it more oval-like, and like the his chin now is more concave at the end, so it kind of looks more like a point. Yeah, that's okay. Which I mean. Yeah, that's very Takei. Every time he sees something that's too round, he's like, no, we're making it oval or like a triangle well, So or would you something. say that Takei's point has been proven? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Unfortunately. He's just trying to make... He's, he's okay, just trying to make a point. Thing, no, I was just going to say, go he's ahead. just trying to make a point. I mean... <laughs> oh, but yeah, we also have <laughs> all the other X-Laws that show up here. Oh my god, V-Lord, you know what I just noticed? What? He added sparkles to the to the shoulder thing. Yes, he did. 
I love it. Yeah, it's like I, it's like I said before to Marion. It's like you versus the Marco. She tells you not to work. <laughs> we have Marco at home. It's the Viz Marco. For me specifically, looking at Marco is always kind of weird because I can't ever looking at I can't ever look at him without remembering who voiced him and if Morgan's them. Who is this? Who did voice him? Who was it? Uh, it was one Eric Stewart who you would probably remember best as the voice of Seto Kaiba in Jane for Pokemon. So, like, oh my god! god. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah, so if you ever want to hear Jane just speak like he was Cloud Frollo, that's basically what it sounds like, and it's kind of amazing. Oh god. That's actually genius casting. <laughs> oh my rules god! <laughs> Half of dying. But yeah, all the all the other exiles show up right after Marco, and this is probably something only Sakaki will get. But the guy with the mask, Kevin, he looks like a Kazuhiro Fujita villain to me. He does look like that one dude on Karakuri Circus. Yes, that's exactly oh, what I'm thinking of. I, I thought about it for a second, but then I was like, no, of course not. But now that you bring it up, yeah, he looks just like... I don't remember his name, and it just kills me because in uh, Karakuri Circus, he's voiced by George Nakata. Like, freaking oh, Hichikata and, um, <gasps> and Golden Kamui and Hordy in One Piece. So, like, yeah. the, the guy in Karakuri. Wait, George Joji was yeah. uh, Horty Jones? Yeah. Yeah, he was Horty Jones in what? One Piece. Such a weird. It was such a weird. Jesus. Did I write? What a bad casting. I Why would you never give... understand? Why would you give him such <laughs> a shit? I never understood that because, like, Horty, first of all, Horty's trash. But putting that aside, it was just weird to me that they chose such a high profile voice actor for, like, such a minor ish role. But. <laughs> But yeah, it is what it All is. Right. But yeah, that guy does remind me of a like like Karakuri Circus Fujita. It's a sign that we just need we more do. Fujita and like Marco, in English. And like now Marco's Ooh. sitting here with like freaking Mechamaru behind him and that's all I could think about. <laughs> like JJK is polluting <laughs> my brain, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess, like, yeah, his Archangel kind of <laughs> does look like Mechamaru. Maybe Mechamaru <laughs> looks like Michael. Hello? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's mainly the, the bottom part. stands for Michael. It's all the bottom part where it's, like, kind of concave, or, like, convex is down like a cone. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that, that reminds me of, like, kind of Mechamaru's yeah. body. Yeah. You know, I really love the the angel designs. They're all so like robotic and cool. Um, also, they all have Barbie waists. I think that's so funny to me. Jeez, I wonder why they look robotic, guys. I sure oh do no! Um, hmm. No, I, I don't know. I forgot no, the reason. I don't want to talk about that. I literally that. forgot the reason. I don't want to talk. About Are they it. golems? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do you do you want to do you want to? You reminded Mary of the They look robotic because they're made from cars. <laughs> oh, oh, they're, oh, 
Transformers. Uh, <laughs> that's right. They're basically Transformers. They're really good cars. <laughs> I love it. I hate it. I, I I love that actually. Now now everything everything that Sakaki was talking I, about I hate it. makes sense. Oh, that's why they, there's these cars. And like you said the story three times and it still just went in one ear and out the other. That's Clearly, Marion doesn't love you, Sakaki. He's just like, oh, Sakaki's past. We're throwing that no, out the I'm dumpster. just thinking of too many things at once. My, my, I mean, my brain can't it's, process. It's okay. I know Marion's like writing three different shonen manga at any different moment. Any, any, any moment we're speaking to Marion, they're writing like four different shonen manga in their head. So it's fine. I got you. <laughs> True. So. I also wrote this. Marion exactly. just created everything. They're omnipotent. But yeah, like yeah, I hate it. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, <laughs> that's that's uh, Sakaki's review. I, of I don't, because like now, whenever I think about it, I can only associate that that formulative memory of just Marco in his underpants, a car, and these angels, and that's all I can. Knowing the reason. <laughs> the X, the yes, X? that too. It's it, it's kind of like when kids are mentally scarred when they find out where milk comes from. This is me. That's 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 what this is to me right now. <laughs> are you saying you were scarred by Markle's milk? I'm leaving the show. That's it. That's it. All right. I'm you can just you can just cut my <laughs> you can just cut my so parts out. Like I'm gone. <laughs> But it sounds like Sakaki dislikes Marco and the Exos just as much as Yo. Yeah. I think Yo hates him a little bit. Maybe just a smidgen more than me, but just a smidgen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Exos very much have a very kind of like black and white mentality to it. It's like, oh, okay. All of Hal's minions and everyone are just bad and need to be killed. Yeah. No, go ahead. Which is... Yeah, I was gonna say like one of the things that kind of stood out to me like when like during Yo's whole conversation with Marco about that and about like his whole black and white mentality. Tight was Yo saying like, "Well, there's really nothing more evil than killing," which is like such a simple scene, but it's like, yeah. wow. I was I was reading that and I was like reacting to them uh, over Discord through text, and I was like, "Yo, is spitting! Oh my god, <laughs> he's spitting facts!" And then like. You know, like, I, I really do, like, appreciate that Yo can just, like, stand up to these people. And, like, how this this, is, this happens later. I think this happens in the next volume. Or maybe it's toward the end where, like, he, uh, Maharasame breaks. Um, just because, like, Yo was so mad that he had to, like, stand up about about uh, his ideals or whatever. Yeah, that's but, like, when he's, yeah. like, defending yeah. Big Guy Bill. Yeah, Big, Bi- Big, Big Guy Bill. The greatest yeah, shaman ever, who uses the twenty-one spirits of his dead football team. Yeah, so, yeah, and I kind of appreciate the dark humor and just how casual I mean, Marco mentioned that. So, so basically, he's Ice Shield twenty-one because <laughs> if he has twenty-one people, of <laughs> a okay, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more, but you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I mean, Ice Shield twenty-one came out mm-hmm. after Shaman mm-hmm. came, right? So. Inagaki mm-hmm. just stole the idea. Mm-hmm. It's all yep. conspiracy guys. Exactly that. 
And now Dr. Stone went to America. They're going to America and Dr. Stone after Shaman King did it. I see what you're doing, Inagaki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, God, Inagaki. Shame. I'm going to throw away my autograph shaky from you. But yeah, like... I don't know if it was the same in the English dub of the anime, but in the Japanese version, the X-Laws did have a banging theme song, though. I just got to say that. I love their... Now, unfortunately, they didn't change a lot of the music because, you know, Morgan's dub. One thing they didn't change, though, was the X-Laws' very visible guns, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would not make it through the censors. That's a, that's a, that's a, oh, no, they didn't change it. It was like, nope, all the Eklong's guns were left intact. In fact, they didn't really edit guns much at all in that show. And there was like only maybe one instance where they might have, and it was, about the, it was because a character was specifically being held at gunpoint, but otherwise guns were pretty much okay for some reason. I mean, they should have given <laughs> them all their whatever the hell Helmelpopo had in one piece. They should have just had them all fire those. <laughs> Wasn't it like like it was this thing at? <laughs> oh my god! If you guys like, if you look it up later, <laughs> if you guys look, if I don't know if anybody. I said I was always kind of weird to me because I remember like looking it up when I had to like do research on a forecast on a forecast video I was doing for Dub Talk that where I, where I found out like the One Piece dub and the Java King dub aired were airing around the same time. And, it's kind of, and it is kind of interesting just seeing how those two were treated comparatively, where One Piece had all these weird edits, and Java Gig was, like, yeah. barely touched at all for some reason. It's funny, because, like, <laughs> One Piece is about pirates, and pirates are, like, <laughs> evil, you know? But they, like, pillage and shit. <laughs> yeah, but you think they'd but spend they more time editing the thing that has literal yeah, dead people? Yeah, I, I guess maybe that's just, that's just <laughs> no. it. It's just like, you know what, this is too much work, we're just not gonna do it. I mean... No, but they did. Let's focus yeah, all our time on know, one we piece. have to. We have to edit every instance <laughs> of Sanji smoking. We have to do that. But the Exos guns, no, they're good. God, this sounds so dope. So good, but it sucks. I didn't keep in the dub. Oh wow! It sucks. Yeah, Marion. Yeah, Marion. Sure. I sent it to you once. Oh wow! Like, yeah, uh, over Discord. Uh, I mean, it's it's Yuki Hayashi doing the, it, it's Yuki Hayashi doing the music for the new series, so doubtful. But I mean, Takei did want a lot of the old music back, so it's a, it, yeah, I feel like they're yeah, I feel like they might end up doing some weird compromise yeah. there, but I guess we'll see what happens. Especially like the like, okay, my history of the anime is weird because I only saw like random episodes, but the first time I heard this song was during a preview. For another episode, it was like this ominous chanting and people speaking in Japanese and hushed voices, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is so awesome!" <laughs> and this was when I didn't really understand Japanese that well, so it just it just sounded really cool, even though I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, I mean, this one's <laughs> getting sold on any anime. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, one thing like I do like about kind of the X-Laws introductions here is that like we do get this really nice spread of like all of them firing their guns and we get to see all the different angel designs. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, those were always very cool to me. They got the goons! <laughs> I mean, I'm looking over 
I mean, no, you're right. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm looking now at I'm looking at like a Lyserg's um speech now, as we mentioned, and yeah, it's just that he can say these things with this like serene face. Like even Yo's just like normally Yo's also kind of like yeah, you know, all the good. He's got this glare like Lyserg. What, what the hell, man? Also, also, I love that Horror Horror gave him the nickname Lysy. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's like an icy. Oh no, he's got to comb his hair. Oh god, now very wide. I mean, yeah, Maybe I know why, why but <laughs> you know why? Joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, after like uh. Yo kind of tries to confront Mar- Marco to like stop him from killing big guy Bill. Uh Yeah, he's basically left with a broken sword, which is not good. Yeah, <laughs> makes it. I love how like Amidamer's is just like out catatonic about it like why? Why would you do this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like not again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, does that happen after or before uh, Hal meets Anna? That happens right before. Okay. Though he's still freaking out after Hal meets Anna, too. Which, I mean, also is a great scene, because, like, Anna looks like a total badass here. Uh, Dude, they, they're doing the Are You Approaching Me pose. You're Oh, you're approaching me? Except she's the one approaching. I love how, like, casual they both are in this scene, too. Mm-hmm. That's cool, because, like, how it looks, like, uh... Takei, like, draws the little, like, bag under his eyes uh, to, like, make him look older. Um, it works. <laughs> yeah. Like, whenever he gets, like, serious, it's just, like, that indent there. Yeah, like, when he, like, uh, grabs, like, Anna's arm, like, he definitely looks, like, older than, like, how he usually appears. Because, like, you can see, like, the little kind of impressions in his, like, his eyes. Yeah. One interesting change They gave him the Itachi marks. Oh, what, Marion? <laughs> I said they give him the Itachi marks. Oh, yeah. Could you remind me of that? One interesting change here that I noticed is that originally, Anna is blushing. When Hal is grabbing her arm. But for the later releases, he removed the blushing. Yeah, that does seem, that does seem much more in character. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, like, the original intention was like, oh, he looks so much like you, yeah. but also no. Anna yeah. not react yeah, like that. Anna's like, nah, not touching <laughs> that. I know. The Phantom left. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I just love my. I, I just love. Yes. I just love Man, that, that yeah. That's what Manta yells. <laughs> like they're all surprised. Well, first of all, that just tells you how badass Anna is. That like he caught her like hand like mid slap, and they're all like, "What?" It's like a, it's a DBZ fight. What? Masaka. Nothing. 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 Personnel, kid. It turns out the, that boxing gag left. from. A few volumes ago wasn't a gag. <laughs> it was foreshadowing. This was Ashita no Anna the entire time. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's great. Anna's great. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that, like, Takei does keep Anna, like, consistently relevant throughout the series, because, like, she's too good of a character to I mean, just, but, like, phase But Takei out. loves her. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, Takei loves her, though. So Talk to her. She had her own, like, like... Not series. One... Yeah, one shot. She had her own one, one shot. shot. And was it... He wanted to do yeah, a series, said, but... Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I remember when I went... I remember when I went through the Godzilla re-release, like, like learning about that honestly kind of surprised me. But then I went like, you know what? That yeah, wasn't sense. she in Boots' own too? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Anna's she was his, in Boots' That's zone. his baby, so of course he's gonna keep her relevant. I mean, it would be cool to see Anna like have more presence than what she does, but I'd say like the case still found ways to like. Splice her in here and there in meaningful ways. See, which no, if Shaman about. King were on Sunday, Anna mm-hmm. would be the protagonist. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, True. she would be. <laughs> I mean, Takei does have that one series with Shogaku Khan. But yeah, no, it's like he ra- he ran the Kodansha. He went in the wrong direction. We could have had a Shaman King reboot with Anna as the protagonist <laughs> if he had just gone to Shogaku Khan. I mean, I think one of the shaman king sequels the superstar i could be completely wrong on this because i have not read the superstar yet but i think one of the arcs does focus on like one of the descendants of anna like anna the otako the third alumini something yeah okay yeah, yeah I, I think so i could be completely wrong on this but yeah, I can like I can also sort of remember hearing that was Soma's ascendant, but I might be remembering wrong. It might be. I feel I, I now I gotta look this up. I feel like she's Silva's descendant, but is known as an Itako too. Yeah, I think maybe she just got passed on the Itako. Itako Silva fucks. Yeah, because it is Alumi that I'm thinking of. Yeah, because I I do remember. Um... Yeah, she's the daughter of Silva. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Silva fucks. You know, I'm not even I'm not even surprised because I was waiting for <laughs> I was waiting for Barry to bring this up. <laughs> Silva does not fuck. Silva is Volcel. Yeah, I mean honestly knowing who both his voice actors are, that kind of checks out. <laughs> uh, I mean Bro. he's a pretty attractive guy, I mean. Okay, fair. But I'm saying he's Volcel. He's what? Yeah, he's voluntarily <laughs> he's voluntarily celibate. I guess, yeah. but that can always change. He's a Strong independent patch tribe member. I don't know. He's too busy. He's trying to earn money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely no. I mean, someone doesn't take himself that seriously, but I might just be thinking of the anime where like Wait, there's just yeah, a lot of gags about I... being broke constantly. Yeah, true. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm just. Messing. I just, honestly, Silva does not. Come but I mean, with me with Dan character who would fuck. I mean, with Dan Green and Hikaru Midori Kawas speaking. I mean, he doesn't even heart, need okay? to want to fuck. Just he could just speak, and people want to fuck him. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've said it before. Did I say it before that Hikaru Midori Kawas has a bedroom voice because it sounds like he's always just woke up. <laughs> yes, exactly. His voice does the work for I'm him. I'm so mad, but yes, yes, uh, yeah. Um, 
So, anyway, anyway. Ito, so so Alumni is like Honor the Itoko the Third, or am I just is my shitty memory oh. just okay? Yeah, she. That's her nickname. Also, forgot she's in Flowers. Clearly, my brain is yeah, just I like yeah. I read Flowers, and that's dead, what I remember I her read from. Part of Flowers so I wasn't was like high school. <laughs> so wait, so she yeah, not so was ended? Like, wait, well, anyway, you said I was, you haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, so. completely Oh. Okay. There you go. No, she Why does we need to just star, have an episode like, and just discuss like the order these things are supposed? To... I mean, are they just one after another, or? <laughs> No, no, I mean, like, I mean, story chronologically. Isn't it? Yeah, series. I thought it was just flower, then superstar. Uh, so yeah, so, like, yeah, it's, it's not oh, that gotcha. complicated, I mean. I mean, chronologically, it's zero first. Yeah, it's chronologically zero first, but, like, aside from that, it's main series, flowers, then the superstar, okay. and Red okay. Crimson and Marcos right. take place concurrently with the superstar. Ah. That makes sense. I think Andy's Islands made like a whole yeah, like, chart about it too. When we're done talking. So you could probably find it on like Cash I would Cafe. like to. The true when Shaman in doubt, King ask Andy because Andy. Andy knows like everything Shaman King. I mean, I was reading his stuff like when I was like getting into Shaman King. So like, but okay, now yeah, he's like a master. That, like, I just we're we're back we, we were talking about how like uh Amida Maru lost the sword twice cuz yo broke it and yeah i mean after that like they decided to just take yeah. big guy bill with them cuz like otherwise he's just going to die there probably uh. and they kind of just head down like the path to where like the uh like essentially See. where like the part of the shaman king See, I one thing this about trial. this part is essentially we're saying like, that all souls like, are guided. You know, Yo went from everybody was like really kind of concerned with his oversoul being broken to Yo just being like, yeah, it'll work out. And everybody's like, yeah, you're right. And I like how Lysurg is like, this is one of his gifts. It scares me. I'm afraid I'll lose myself. I'll be careful. Yeah, because he doesn't want his perspective <laughs> know, to change. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> If I stay around him any longer, I'll lose my edge. I mean, it, it, that just made it just made me really <laughs> think of Kurochika. I don't know why. <laughs> literally, <laughs> that's literally yeah. That's the reason <laughs> Kurochika yeah. was like separated. I mean, they I mean they do yeah. have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah. They, exactly. they both have a dowsing power. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I don't know. Just that, like, I hadn't things, you know, like compared Lyser to Kurapika until enough, right? this, I read this over, and I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm." <laughs> They're both androgynous too. Yeah. No. So now we just need him to get stuck on a boat. It's true. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, murder a bunch of people. I mean, and they both, and they both. And they both do have the attention of the Kurobaras of the universes, so. Because <laughs> that's. Because, I mean, Leorio is basically Kurobara, too. Let's just be for real. It's all coming together, guys. Definitely. Yeah, like, I, I do like that, like, uh, Big Guy Bill does actually give them some, like, proper advice for saving him. It's like, hey, yeah, I'll give you a solid right here. <laughs> I, I do love the one line that's like, I'm the toughest of how Osama's minions. And Big the, guy Bill will die. Because I, I talk to myself with the third person. No, go ahead, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> the 
I think it's supposed to be endearing. Like, you know how dumb people, like, <laughs> refer to themselves in the third I just, like, it, it might just be <laughs> just... Or, like, uh, you know, like, well, no, it, it is just a translation, but I like that he's, like, he says it. He has this, all this bravado, like, I ain't gonna die. And then the next page, and it's, like, really small and, like, really... It, it's just the way that the font and the text is, like, really small that easily. It feels like he adds that part as an afterthought. Like, I hope they're not listening. But I'm actually not sure if I'll die. I'm actually not sure if I won't die. <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance, well, guys. Don't worry is, about it. I'll, I'll be fine. No, go ahead. I'll walk No, off. I was just going to say that I, I did find it interesting that uh, Goldova, Goldiva, Goldova was kind of like, he said too much. <laughs> Goldva? Okay, we'll go with that. Thank you. He shouldn't have told them all of that. That's that how yeah. I, I don't I that's why I don't like him running wild. I always, I found that like intriguing. Although I have read really far ahead, I've forgotten most of it. So <laughs> I d- talk about this later. Pat, you should I want to savor it. Damn it! You have like three volumes left. <laughs> I, did, I sure as hell can. <laughs> you can't save her than for me so read. far. <laughs> but no, I will. I, I, I just keep forgetting to read them, honestly, at this point. It's not even a thing of trying to save her them. I just literally forget that I have them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the volume essentially ends with them kind of heading towards the Celestial Holy Ground, though. And I really love kind of the ending spread here where, like, you kind of see the Holy Ground. And it's like all the uh, kind of spirit mana, like, rising up from, like, the hole. Yeah, it's cool. It reminds me of um, spoilers. Oh, dude! The the, the Final <laughs> was, Fantasy Seven. I was going to say Mortal Agents Kombat, but hey, I like that better. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Like they had a stage where like all the souls were like rate rising up or something like that. I'm really dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing worth mentioning from this volume is actually something that got removed from the Kodansha release from oh. Shaman King. And that's the first character popularity poll. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so at the end of the Viz release, they kind of included it. So, like, it was published in, like, issue number 40 in, like, 2000. And, like, wow. it looks like it did pretty well because it got almost 32,000 entries. Okay. Oh, wow. Was this the Japanese poll? Yeah, this is the Japanese poll. So I'm just going to post the images in our chat because I have them. Sure. Cause like there's artwork and everything to attributed to it too. Oh wow, old Faust. Hey, you keep talking. I love it when like <laughs> okay, the like, artist is it's got votes too. I was like, I gotta say, that's a little higher than I expected. I love how big he made himself too. Good. His drawing <laughs> of himself is also thing. surprisingly like close to what he actually looks like. Pumpkin girl. <laughs> ah, uh, Ryu was a lot lower than okay, I was. They hadn't like. Yeah, he kind of is. I yeah, I do like how the Hanagumi characters like you can tell at the time like he did not have like actual names for them, <laughs> which is funny from like how popular True. they are. Like there's there's a reason they have a spinoff now. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes I, sense. I, I guess like they weren't allowed to like put this in since it's technically a poll <laughs> from Jump. All right, Which you is kind can, of a shame because oh, you can take Shaman funny. King, but you can, <laughs> you can take Shaman King, but you the pool stays here. <laughs> you don't get free promotion from us. 
I was going to say, it's kind of inter- it's kind of interesting the image of how they have here it seems to be how from like oh, his yeah, previous yeah. incarnation it looks like. Yeah, he looks so old. Yeah. He has a chin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the chin. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that's not there. There's also these like little bonus pages where it, like it's like Takei answering questions about like Things about the world, like who are the patch? Uh, why is their technology so advanced? Uh, um, just little things like that. Shaman being the SCS shaman, now stands shaman for being shaman being shaman being search. Question. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it, it totally reminds me of an SPS. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it makes sense that they weren't included in this one. There we like, go. I mean, they were all in jump or whatever, or probably questions from jump fans. I mean, I, I, I would find it weird if Shueisha really was that petty, but maybe it was also a decision on his side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be a question for Andy to see, like, if... Maybe. Like, maybe, like, the Cousin Bonds didn't have these either? <laughs> Andy, I know you're listening. Give us a reply. Yeah. On the tweet. Andy. Thank you. When you hear this, it'll probably be months from now. <laughs> but if we haven't figured it out, uh, add us on Twitter. We love you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean... Andy is literally the great spirit. I mean, he totally is. Let's not He's lie connected here. to the ether. He's like the shaman king guardian spirit. Oh my god. He like tunes into the... He tunes into like the great spirit. Like, well, I guess that's all he has to say for 12. <laughs> Yeah, so let's move on to volume 13. Which, uh, we start off with, like, yo, naked in water. Uh, yeah, that was... That, yeah, I was really surprised by that image by rereading it for the first time in a while. Like, I mean, like, just the idea of you just kind of, like, seeing the evolution of the world and, like, the whole memory of the world thing through the eyes of the Grey Spirit, like, that was some really... Interesting high concept visual direction that I was kind of really does really expecting from a jump manga, but it does feel so appropriate for Shopping King. One week to Kay's just like, okay, we're going to talk about evolution, kids. <laughs> and I do love like the chapter cover uh, for this, like 108. Yeah, I think like that the too. Little kind and, of like uh, oh, zooming I mean, golden rectangle type to thing. Did I actually have the Japanese version? Yeah, yeah. probably in front of me. So we can actually do a few comparisons. Comparisons on that note too. And yeah, as Marion said before we started recording, like the Japanese logo for this chapter title, it looks like word art. Totally does, <laughs> but it looks kind of cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, and this isn't a dig to uh, the Kodansha re-release or anything either, that they just kind of went with more simplistic text. I mean, straightforward. I mean, it's still good, but it's just really interesting. I just found it interesting they didn't, like, try... Maybe they didn't want to do this in particular, but I just find it interesting they didn't try to, like, spice it up in any way. Yeah. It is kind of interesting, especially since, like, usually when there is kind of a font change in the Japanese release, Kodansha is pretty good yeah. about uh, making it a little bit different, like, at least in Shaman King's case. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. here, like, it's just yeah. the usual text. Which, I mean, it's fine. It's a good font. 
but but yeah, I mean, a- after this, like, we essentially are just seeing everyone awaken from like the trial of like witnessing kind of the years of history from the Great Spirit, and like Silva explains kind of just what exactly the Great Spirit is and like how it holds like uh, all like the. 5.6 billion years of memories. Because, yeah, that's a thing. And you're not supposed to look at it, because it's kind of like the sun. It'll just, like, hurt you. Uh, but Ren doesn't listen to rules, and he's just staring at it. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that was kind of interesting to me that gets, like, explored a little bit in, like, later volumes was where Silva mentions how, like... That, about how shamans perceive the great spirit kind of depends on like what their own philosophies were in life. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, which would also kind of make sense why like everyone's kind of reacting to it differently. Like you have Ren, who just seems more determined to get it, and then you have like Lysurge, who looks like he's having a panic attack. So like, there's mm. like an interesting range there. I do love kind of Lysurge's scene here where he's kind of awoken and now he's just like frustrated but crying. Like he's kind of realizing, like, yeah, wait until like I defeat Hal, I can't die. Which I mean, it really <laughs> yeah. kind of I mean, lives, he looks like, extremely uh, like the whole, in this panel, too. Karapika comparison cool. in a way. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. True. True. He's literally Batman. <laughs> I mean, he's like Sherlock Holmes and Batman, like mixed together. <laughs> I mean, Batman is a detective. He is. I want it. I guess, I... Yeah, he's British Batman. I don't know. No. British Batman. <laughs> God, <laughs> is Lysar's no, mom also named Martha? <laughs> uh, no, I want it though. Oh, we don't mention that movie, Marion. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't want the pain. Already have to deal with the Snyder cut. Oh. I'm pretty sure at least Lysard's dad is named. I don't remember if the mom member is. I don't think well, game. Is it, yeah, is it, yeah, I think the dad's name was like Liam or something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I, I, <laughs> his, I, I, his name I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But I, I do love how after all this stuff goes on, like, the next chapter is kind of about them just kind of chilling, and they're in, like, a, basically the patch marketplace, because, of course, the patch have to make money, and they reunite with Anna while she's bartering on goods. That's the best part of the volume, hands down. <laughs> and just the panel here, the decay draws of Anna, where it's like, I'll give right? you she's three She's just bargaining for, for goods, and she looks amazing <laughs> while doing it. It looks way more cool queen. than it should be. Also, like, we've talked about the visual effects of, like, that he uses for comedy, mm-hmm. and I like the one where it's, like, Ren talking to one of the patch, and, like, his hair, like, shoots up <laughs> when he's annoyed. And then, like, the first time around, it just... The first time around, it just kind of shoots upward, and the second time, it's got like lightning, like forming around it. Yes. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice to have this chat. <laughs> it's nice to have this after kind of after how everything, how heavy everything was. Then, like, yeah, it's nice to have this like chapter where everybody's like being hilarious. Yeah, this chapter also induces uh, another character, uh, Joko. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, time to talk about Joko, I guess. Stop! <laughs> Don't you mean, Stop. uh... <laughs> Smokey Brown from JoJo's? Stop. Uh, uh, Marion, go to the corner. Someone had to say it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, I can say... Uh, well, one thing I can say is I am, I am already extremely... That's a, as I mean, I wasn't totally sure if they were going to because as I, I know yeah, I know the Viz version had Jocko like the four kids dubbed in. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's where that thing comes from. But as I, uh, but I didn't know if Kadasa was going to change about the Jocko or not. So I'm glad they chose not to because yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, also glad they edited out the giant lips because again, uh, yeah, like I've seen. Uh, like, I've seen plenty of weirdos on, like, Twitter and, like, kind of complaining his design would be ruined if it got cleaned up, but frankly, I kind of think he looks better this way, and honestly, yeah. there's some honestly, there's some panels where I almost kind of wonder if Takai maybe, like, redrew some of it himself for the international release, but I don't have, like, the Viz version to compare it, so I don't know if it's the same edits or not. Yeah, like, none of the Japanese releases change Joko's lips, but I do wonder if the edits were made by Takai himself. Because, like, looking at the Viz release and comparing it to the Kodansha release... I guess see. I mean... It looks very identical. Mm. But I know, like, there were a lot of art, direct art changes made um, during the kind of lettering and redraw process for this release. And that's part of why the release initially got delayed from the original uh, release date. I mean... I and didn't we? I think it was yeah, it was Andy that revealed on Twitter that they're apparently using Jocko in even Ooh. Japan now. So it's for certain things for products that are gonna have international distribution. It seems like their intention is to use Joko moving forward. Um, but for mm, things okay. that seem are gonna be primarily just in Japan, they're gonna keep the Joko love. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. for, like, the anime if that is going to use Joko. Is that, is, yeah, I would, yeah, and I suppose that's probably going to be a thing where, like, the subs say Joko and then, like, a Japanese it's all Joko love. Ah, yes, the Jojo effect. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I think for, like, the... I wouldn't be surprised for the new anime if they do also not have his lips as pronounced as they are in the original version of the manga. Uh, I, am, I am praying for that so hard with all my might. Yeah, because like that, that is definitely something that they're aware of. They wouldn't yeah. be allowed to make this yeah, edit so. if Takei and Kodansha didn't approve it. So... Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, very firmly praying for that, especially since like I've been keep, I've been like keeping up with like, all the like character design reveal they've been doing for the new anime. And they just did Lyser again. It seems like they're skipping over a lot of the adult characters for some reason. I don't know. So I feel like my process of elimination is going to be either Jade or Jocko next. So I'm kind of sitting yeah. here like, man. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's hope so. Like, yeah. that's just... going to probably set the tone of things when, you know, he's yeah. revealed. Like, we see his artwork for the new anime. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I'd always, yeah, like, I'd always kind of assumed he was, like, just drawn that way because, like, the K didn't really do much research on black people, but it's like, and you know, that kind of unfortunately tends to be a thing some Makaka struggle with, but like, but then like we're in this volume, we see Jocko's parents and like some of the other members of his gang and 
And most of them look relatively normal, so it seems like Takei did do the research and Jocko's design was just, like, intentional for whatever reason. So, and, like, obviously, like, obviously there's no way of knowing for sure, but between the themes of the series where Jocko's arc goes, like, it goes without saying Takei's probably not racist and it would be really, really surprising if he was. Yeah. So, like, if I had to hazard a guess where the design might come from... I think, like, he might have maybe got some inspiration from, like, the Cyborg 009 franchise and how, like, Cyborg 008 is drawn, since that's, like, another black character with a pretty cartoony look in his eye, and I know know Takei has some, like, very clear influence from Tezuka, so he might have been the right age to be influenced by Shotaro Isunomori as well, so that might be it, but, again, there's no way of really knowing for sure. Yeah, I think Joey Weiser kind of put a bet like a while back where like it's one of those things where I feel like Takei is very fascinated by other cultures but he might not be well educated in all of them that's where like we see a lot of the problematic stereotypes that pop up yeah because like honestly regardless where the design comes from it doesn't really change the fact that it's frankly pretty gross and I really I really kind of wish he'd done more research yeah but I feel it's kind of telling yeah, too, because like that, I feel that's true. Choco isn't I mean, really I, used I, much I, outside even of the somebody series that has either. only really been Mitch. only read yeah. a little bit of flowers after this. Yeah. Like, yeah, I haven't see, seen or heard from him much. So, and I mean, obviously, like he has to know, like you said, Vlord, they, they he has to know about the edits overseas. So, I do get the idea that to some extent, like with the character not being around much after this, and with all the edits going on and the international like uh stuff having the other name, I do get the idea that maybe, like, Takei's like, oops, yeah, maybe I should just kind of roll this back quietly. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that's really hard to tell, too, because, like, I feel his other works outside of Shaman King don't have that much different representations of other nationalities. Like, Ultimo mainly is just Japanese and Americans. And then Neko is literally just cats. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, it's really hard to tell if, like, it, it is something he's learned from or not. I'd like to be optimistic and say he has, but it's yeah. one of those things that were, when you read Shaman King, it's like, it, it's this problematic aspect that I think is never really going to go away in it. Um, and it's a shame, too, because I think, like, there are aspects of Joko that I generally like, um, specifically his yeah. character arc of kind of redemption. But then there are also the aspects that not only like his design, but also kind of his backstory also kind of sleep into a lot of black stereotypes that I. It's a, uh, it's a, yeah, I yeah I do yeah I do like his character arc as a whole, and I do kind of like how much it kind of times into the whole. I do a lot of the manga themes about like how pointless killing is and like the futility of violence, but. Okay, uh, sorry, uh, but at the uh, but at the same time, having like the one central black character be yeah. a member is like kind of could you maybe not do that? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's kind of sad, but like you know, like as I was reading this, I was keeping in mind just the fact that how old this is, and like you know, just like the context of like it's okay, uh, just you know, probably just not knowing that much about it, like is it a yeah, I think you guys brought it up before on like a previous episode, but again, but again, it's a, it's the, it's a pretty that the case like you know tried to represent a bunch of different ethnicities, 
But at the same time, when you're trying to do all that, you run into the risk of of maybe accidentally reinforcing bad stereotypes, and, well, that's kind of what happens here. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, though, like, at least, um, like, as a New Yorker, like, I get that shit that- shit like that does happen. Uh, and, like, I'm I'm from, like, a bad neighborhood, supposedly, because, like, people do, uh, there's, like, gang activity, like, there's- there's gang activity, like on my block. Yeah, so, uh, and, uh, so, 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 yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, like there is, yeah, there is like definitely a sense of realness to Jocko's backstory. It's just kind of like, but at the same time, it's just kind of one thing that's like, eh. yeah, it's the fact yeah. that like this is like the only real prominent black character in Shaman King, and like it's so deeply seated in these stereotypes yeah. that it just. But I mean, I think that for the most part, we can all agree that it probably doesn't come from a place of malice, just misinformation. Yeah, again, having seen where his character goes, it is, de- it is definitely not coming from a place of malice. I will at least... I can, de- I can very much commit that, but at the same time, it's just like... It's one of the things where if... It's one of the things yeah, where, like, if yeah. people get up, get to this point in the manga yeah. or like this point in the new anime, and they kind of dope out. Like, I honestly could not blame them, but yeah, honestly, yeah. same. Like, I've said this before, but like, I guess for me personally, it's one of those things where I can kind of, I am fine with reading something with like problematic elements, but like, yes, I know there are yes. a lot of people that are going to look at this and not feel comfortable. I think with Shamaki, that's yes, completely fine. Yes, I, yes, I, yeah, yeah. Personally, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I've got of like. It's one of those things where it's like if I wasn't like already used to the design at this point, it might bother me. It might bother me a little more, but I guess I kind of am. So it's just sort of like, and so it's like I'm a little used to it. But if I were coming into this blind, this would be very much like, what are you doing? Yeah. And again, it is like kind of interesting to contrast to what the anime did, where uh, Jocko's backstory got softened like considerably. Uh, because uh, because uh, because in that version he meets his master like and there's like a police shootout going on and his master like diffuses it with like a bad joke and Jocko is kind of impressed by it so he decides to become his apprentice and I guess like a minor spoiler for what happens in the next volume like his master still dies but like it's of I think he was just like he was sick and not like you know uh, getting shot yeah yeah. No, yeah, I, honestly, that I, seems I, like I a better backstory. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm with, I'm with you guys on for the most part that I'll admit that I'm not bothered by much. So it, it takes a lot for me to kind of get to that point. But yeah, listening to the anime version, I do feel like that's a little. It's, it is it is it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's what it was gonna take things because like Jocko gets like considerably less to do with the anime, so there is that. And that's the kind of give and take goes, that's what I was about to say. Like, like that's a give and take though. Yeah, the same. Like, because yeah. His, yeah, we get a a a backstory that's a little less oof. <laughs> but unfortunately due to that in the anime, but then his like his involvement with the story not involvement with the story <laughs> but his character arc is definitely watered down too along with his backstory so it's like uh and i mean and i i i just personally am just like i wish he hadn't but it's not a thing and i agree with jet where it's like if somebody were watching it with if i were watching with somebody and they were like yeah no i can't with this i wouldn't blame them but at the same time i do feel like it's a thing where 
I wish it weren't this way, but is it? Yeah, I remember like when I was reading reading this for the Ganache release. I think like the specific thing is like I pulled up the at least you tried meme, and I feel like yeah, that's yeah. I feel like that is kind of how I describe this whole thing. Is like you tried. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> You tried with the star and squiggly lines and the comic sans font. Oh, God. <laughs> but to talk about possibly less controversial element of Jocko, it's that in the Kodansha release, and I'd assume the Kazanban release, Takei added a scar on Jocko's forehead in like his introduction chapters, which I checked the Japanese Tonkabans mm, um, originally released by Shueisha and the Viz release, and that scar is not there at all. Yeah. Takei literally went back and added a scar to every chapter. With uh, the, like, it's okay. the same scar he that has in his backstory. Well, so, this is the assumption the scar never healed. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think they're going to add the scar in the anime as part of the design? I'd assume so, because this seems like what Takei would want moving forward. It's like yeah, Joey yeah, said, like... he's literally making these edits on top of the original. Um, <laughs> Drafts. I mean, again, he, I he's mean, erasing it, history. It's like we said on the other episode, this was <laughs> during a time where he had that kind of free time to just he is the- pour through every volume and just crank, you know, make them better to his satisfaction. Though, I mean, I will say that, like, the whole reason why I got the Japanese volumes just to continue on something that's a little less um controversial is the fact that I was really interested in seeing how the how they translated the puns and for the most part, they're pretty. I mean, because the art is the way it is, they pretty much have to write around that. <laughs> but some of them are really funny in Japanese. Like, there's one where they're talking about the tournament. And, I mean, the English version keeps the joke, but they lose some of the nuance. Like, uh, I think they say terminate, term, term, uh, tournament, and he says permanent. But the Japanese version is prominental, which is perm perm as in the hair <laughs> so uh, 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 yeah so it's prominent oh my god yeah, yeah. so like unfortunately they kind of lost that Japanese. nuance to it which i i mean you could st- it's still there but you would have to it's <laughs> a little bit hard yeah they're supposed to be terrible but but like i i do i do kind of like that 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 one in particular and um i don't know <laughs> I'm skipping ahead a little bit, and we could definitely go back, but, like, there's, uh, there's a point where him and Horohoro are talking, and I think in the English version, uh, he keeps saying Jocko wrong, but in the Japanese one, it's hilarious, because, like, there's a specific, like, he's arguing with Horohoro saying that when you say Chaco Love, you're supposed to say, you're supposed to emphasize a certain part of it, it's Chaco Love, with the up, upward tilde, <laughs> And like Korohuo keeps saying it with a downward one, so <laughs> a downward tilt at the end, and that's what they're arguing about during this one st- one part of the um, manga. But they changed it in the English version where it's just like he's not saying Jocko right or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, jumping jumping back a bit really quickly, the whole reason Jocko was uh, talking to Yo and everyone is because like. For the next phase of the Shaman fight, they had to form teams. So Ren decides to put Joko and Horohoro on his team. And uh, he gets really pumped up, and 
Yo thinks Ren looks cute like that, which makes Anna uh, yes. angry. jealous. <laughs> I do. I love that Anna face where she's just saying "cute." <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, I mean, you. I mean, you. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds like you. You know, whatever. Whatever suits him that night, he just goes with it. I love how they make. I love how in the Japanese version they specifically say. I love how Ryu's just like anyone who looks like Muscle Punch can't be like they. Take goes out of his way to like put nickname in parenthesis in the panel. So. I'm cool now, right? See, see my Kaneko Man reference, guys. Notice me. Notice me. Notice me. Uh, Tommy go hit me up in my DM, slide in, slide in my Notice me. <laughs> He's just like he wants he wants you to Tommy. Just put in the chat. Like, come to his Mr. house. Mr. <laughs> he he wants to That's yeah, that's so funny. I don't know. <laughs> That's like, ah, that's like, ah, so, yeah, so, yeah, but I, yeah, but I will say, but yeah, I will say I was kind of surprised at how just like, I was kind of surprised at just how quickly, at, at just how quickly they just like accepted Jocko, like joining the group. So, and, and that sort of, yeah, it was just kind of like a really funny thing to me, uh, mostly because again, like I'm kind of coming off of the anime in mind where like, it's like, it's like, where, it's like, where like again, I kind of mentioned like the whole thing with like the x and Weiser, so like, uh, so, so like so like Glacier goes to join the X Laws and like and then the, and then immediately the episode after that Jocko shows up willing to join the group and they're all like, Man, we just lost Glacier, we're not sure if we really want another guy, and that's like the entire episode. So it's like, I actually, actually I love that <laughs> shit. That 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 transition was really funny. Yes, yeah, 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 so yeah, and then he was just going to the Bongo where it's like Jocko shows up and they're like, Yeah, sure you can come Yeah, with us. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can chill. <laughs> He seems chill. We'll, we'll let him join. Though they might be too chill, considering the fact that they also let frickin' Foss join them. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. And then Anna is the one who's like, Foss the eight. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love how they yeah. reintroduced him. He's like, essentially just like, held Monta hostage to lack. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think the thing that just kind of amused me the most is, like, his specific motivation for, like, like why to join the team is that he has no friends. Yeah, dude. There's nothing else to do. There's nothing else going on for him, so. No friends, no girlfriend. Oof. Yeah. So Anna's logic here is pretty strategic, because, like, the whole thing is, like, yeah, Fast has healing powers. He can, like, make them a pretty useful ally. And if, like, Anna brings back Eliza, like, he can actually make, like, a better Oversoul. So, there is a big advantage for them, like, putting him on the team. Regardless of uh, him cutting open Manta only ten volumes ago. Yeah, I was kind of visited by, like, the specific addendum where Anna says, like, like, Faust, like, like, all of Faust's necromancy skills are self-taught. It's like, it's like, mostly because I was just kind of like remembering from like a few months ago where Fowls was introduced, and they had like a whole like, and they had like a whole like diggity whole like remake extras where you see Fowls oh. like his necromancy master. So I'm like, okay, did like the K just retcon this at some point or? Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's not strange for K really, <laughs> but 
I mean, he he's definitely part of the he's pro- definitely part of the Iraqi school of writing. Yeah, <laughs> Caleb's is retcons. <laughs> if I don't remember it, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you said it. <laughs> or no, it's I don't remember it. It's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to, but unlike some other artists, like I mean, Takei, I mean Takei does have the charisma to pull that off, and you need a whole shitload to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, after this point, like it, they kind of go into the more tournament and, aspect of the shaman fight. Like, there's literally a giant arena, and it kind of just starts looking like the dark tournament in a way. Wait, uh, guys, I'm not done talking about Marco. Oh, you weren't done talking about Marco? No, because literally Stop. on page eighty-three, he's, his face looks like uh, like it's from Got Quinn Handsome. <laughs> he looks like he's part of like Junjo Romantica, like some kind of, you know, like if if you like scroll down, you could you, you can just imagine the. I just I just got over you guys ruining heads and shaman king for me. And now you're ruining hands too. I don't. Mm, I don't want this. I don't want this. <laughs> I was okay with those because they're Capcom, but I thought we already no, ruined no, hands for you think with the sausage with fingers. A small ass head and huge yow hands and that. I don't want any of this. <laughs> well, the imp- his implication. His implications are too big, then. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> All the better to group that block with, my friend. Anyway, yeah, okay, I think I'm done now. Going back to the tournament, I do like how... um. All the different teams have different letterings for their team names. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the Iceman like, uh, logo here looks so freaking extra. Like, you have, like, the Funbari Hot Springs team, you have Moon Group, and then Iceman. It, it looks like the, like, a logo that you would see, like, on a video game cover. Yeah, it really does. And, like, we double-checked before recording, and, like, that was, like, done by Takei himself, because the other two team names here were re-lettered. But that one's just the same in Japanese. Yes! Like, it, like it's the... Like, it's already... It's already, like, extra in English, but in Japanese, <laughs> the the is in English. So it's Team The, the Red. Red. It's, it's so... <laughs> Yeah, the Kodansha oh release God. makes it even funnier too, because like so stupid, but the like, D and the so red, red are different too. fonts. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's sad too, because in the Viz release they got rid of the V, so it's just red. I'm like, you gotta keep the V. The V makes it funnier. It's like a tribe called Quest. You say the whole thing. <laughs> Team Z Ren. <laughs> I just find the Japanese one just incredibly funny just because it's the D is just there in English. Like, God. Oh. It's so extra. I love it. 
What makes this even better is that the first fight that Team The Ren has to do is against Bose's team. And Ren is just like, yeah, I, Ren is just like, I don't like, I don't like Biz or Bose or whatever the hell they're called. You take care of this, Joko. Bose more like Jobs. Why is Mary the Lao? Can you just miss Bo- once? Bo- do his job. Just once, just miss. <laughs> this is why we have to ban <laughs> Marion from the podcast. My jokes are too powerful. That's the only reason I come on the podcast. <laughs> Marion's just like, oh. Oh, another Oversoul episode? Time to get on my pun list. I just do another panel on the thing, but I found this great too. I just love it in like Japanese versions of manga where they do this kind of thing where it's just like <laughs> <laughs> where they just throw in the English just like that. I, I love it Mario when they do that. <laughs> That's my aesthetic. <laughs> Possibly oh, the greatest use of Times New Roman. <laughs> not about, not about Jimmy Jimmy Mario. It's just, it's so great. We need to make this available to everybody after the show somehow, just just so they can see the splendor that is Takei. <laughs> Remix, but that's the same song. Honestly, Joko like. Being like Tsukomi to these two idiots is like the best. Like that's he needs to he needs to make his comedy like a three man group with them. I mean, yeah, he's actually way funnier when he's just the straight man. Honestly, he's uh, stealing the job for Monta. Clearly, <laughs> yes, yeah. We haven't really talked yeah. about uh, uh, Joko's um, spirit Nick ally, Jagger. which is like a literal animal, a jaguar. <laughs> And, like, his oversoul is literally, like, <laughs> no. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, make the Jaguar is, uh, is kind of a thing. But it is admittedly, it is admittedly less silly than what Forkins called, like, the oversoul, which is. They literally called it Jaguar, which is, like, <laughs> why? Oh that sounds like a million. <laughs> oh. Like a oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> No, that 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 was about to say that's no. <laughs> also, just just to throw this in there, this is the Japanese title for one fourteen Kuroi. So there is a limit oh to Marion's punnery. So it's blackjack. <laughs> okay, yeah, the the font there actually looks cool. How like they like slanted the like Jaguar mm. part. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I can't get over, like, page 122. Like, Joko's face looks like he has, like, Joker face paint. I hate it. 122? Uh, yeah, I mean, one, yeah, I mean, one thing I will say is that, like, yeah, that, like despite my, like, many problems with yeah, Japanese yeah. design in general, like, I do think it's over Design-wise, like... like I do think it's over his, really cool. the, over his oversoul is, like, the coolest, really. And, like, during the fight itself, like, Takei definitely goes ham with the art. Like, there's this scene yeah. where, like, he's fighting against all, like, the different, like, bone oversouls of one of the enemies. And then, like, there's that spread. Where don't say one of the enemies. You gotta say his full name. I don't even remember his full name. Um, I know, I remember what his actual oh, name P-O-T? is. I keep forgetting what his, I keep forgetting, like, the nickname he always goes by. I think it was like Tecalote or something yeah. like that. 
I think it is. It's a, yeah, yeah, I just remember like the actual name is Peyote Diaz. Yeah, his English name is Tecolote and the Japanese name is Peyote. And when, you know, I was reading it and I was just like, oh, Tecolote, that's an interesting <laughs> name. That's not, that's uh, like, and then and then I see the credit page and I see in fucking Katakana, Peyote. I'm like, what? That's they changed that. That's so funny. They they really just love the fucking katakana there. Like I can't read it. Yeah, so, okay, okay, okay. That's weird. Yeah, that's extremely weird to me because yeah, that's extremely weird to me because I remember like the four kids that they dated like Romero or something like that. So I mean, yeah. So I kind of so I kind of surprised knowing that like there was apparently a name change in the official English version anyway. That's really weird, but okay. <laughs> I mean, we, we we had a fairy named Morphine, so I'm prepared for anything at this point. <laughs> That's really weird. You know, there's there's not not surprised either. But at this point, with Takei's naming sense, I'm just I'm ready for anything. Also, I just saw this difference. I'm throwing it in the chat too. <laughs> so so so. It it does shaft. What? It's, it's, so, so what's interesting? Fair, shaft oh, does sound a lot cooler in Japanese. Shafto. Yeah, shafto. Yeah, I know. That's not, that's not, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, the text looks a lot cooler, but like otherwise, I really got. Otherwise, I really prefer. Kind of prefer what the English artist is going for. I mean, yeah. It's what's interesting to me is that like it seems like that's the name of his gang, Shaft. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, so now he animates Bakemono Goddard. Okay. <laughs> Their gang names never mentioned in English version, or at least I didn't see it when I was just kind of glancing through it. Because I admit, I read like half of you this in English and half of it in Japanese. So, and I noticed they mentioned the gang name like several times in Japanese. Yeah, I never noticed in English yet. Yeah. It, it might have just been a thing that they just, for whatever reason, couldn't use Shaft, but no, I was just gonna. I was gonna move on. I was gonna say because uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Tikalodi. Like, I think his powers are cool, and like, I'm not Mexican, but as a Mexican appreciator, I have <laughs> I have many Mexican friends. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, I just I think the idea of uh, you know using like the other muertos as like a yeah for for like a shaman thing is like. Yeah, you know what? I kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of like that idea. That's um, neat. I don't know. I don't know about the whole cactus thing. Uh, that shit's kind of weird. <laughs> but you know, I don't, I don't know. It, I mean, visually, the ideas are interesting, uh, especially because it's like, oh yeah, look, it's like a cactus arm or whatever that you can like shoot out spikes. Like, yeah, that's cool. It, it's like uh, Togemon from Digimon. Um, and it, like, also, like, matches up kind of interestingly with, uh, the fact that, like, Joko's, like, jaguar powers, um, he, like, manifests, uh, like, limbs that, like, you know, stretch out with his spirit energy, uh, from, like, his actual hands and, like, feet and stuff. Like, I think that that's cool, the way that you can, like, manipulate the, your, like, mana and, like, your oversoul to, like, you know, like, adapt to whatever i guess your power is like like however however your power works i guess yeah i mean at the very least yeah it has a really kind of cool aesthetic to it just like yeah with all like the little like uh 
I like how like all like the little skeletons too, like they're all like different like designs too. Mm-hmm. Just like the um how do you call it? Uh you know Yeah, the, yeah, the, that's that's them, right? Chimmy Morio? They're not the Chimmy Morio, were they? The the little mini spirits wearing the uh, Yeah, because they had like they were all like yeah. you know, like sprites, I guess, but like they all had like really weird, like different, um, sh- like shapes and proportions for like their faces and bodies and stuff. No bones about it that that guy pisses me off. <laughs> I also like how during this fight, like Boss is getting pissed at Tecalote. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's their whole thing. Like, like, um. Foss will, like, carelessly say something rude, and then Monta's like, bro! And Foss is like, oh, my bad. <laughs> like, the main conflict of this fight is, like, Joko's able to pretty easily beat bows themselves, but, like, Tecalote can, like, manipulate, like, the bones in Bose's bodies, so there's not really a way to stop bows without killing them. Yeah, and how he meets his master and everything, and uh, basically how he lost his family, and uh, yeah, he joined a gang yeah. after his family was killed, and yeah, we go through that whole backstory as we touched upon earlier, which was way different in the anime, and I mean, I don't want to go as far as saying maybe it wasn't necessary to do this, because... I mean, it is important to kind of see where he came from, but, like, at the same time, like, I do it. Like, I would only justify it in the sense of, like, it is important to where his character arc ultimately goes, but at the same time, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, only the beginning scene of that backstory is even important <laughs> even the to Grinch the Grinch didn't run. kill people. Where, like, he kills even, that one guy. Even the Grinch didn't kill people, yeah. though. I mean... But B-Lord, he hates Christmas. <laughs> Period. Why? <laughs> I can't look at the Grinch the same way now. You never know. Maybe the Grinch stole Christmas <laughs> yeah. dinner and people starve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want Barry and banned from the podcast, let us know. No, then you're going to be racist for kicking off a POC. I'm kidding. I'm also a POC, though. <laughs> all oh all four of us are POC. I can't. I know, I know. <laughs> Beeler, cut this out, please. But I will say this much. I mean, as much as we are kind of divided, I mean, why won't say divided? As much as we're kind of the the backstory is kind of divisive, I do like that Takei went from using like uh, Japanese sound effects to like using like English ones. Maybe because it is there in New York. Because like, there's a whole lot more of them here than there are been in like, yeah, like I see the blam blam like when uh. Joko's using the gun. Oh, like, haha. ha uh, Yeah, no. I, I mean, people have done it before. I, I, Fujita's done it, too. It's just, like, Horikoshi's the only one that's, like, made it a part of his identity. Definitely Horikoshi. Horikoshi, I mean, well, you know he wasn't the first, but it was just definitely, he's the one that's used it the most consistently. Because, I mean, after this this flashback, you know, obviously... Uh, Takei goes back to using it, but I kind of just like the idea of that, okay, we're not in Japan now, so I'm going to change it up and use more of these kind of sound effects. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we've spoken our piece on this backstory, I mean, it really wasn't necessary. Say, it the volume ends with, like, um, 
you know, Chocolove meeting his master, and the master's trying to make him laugh, but it's not working, and then he's yeah. like, damn, I have to resort to violence. I, I really like that he's like, that's the last thing he wanted to do, which is in keeping a theme with Shaman King. He's like, I tried to make this kid laugh, it didn't work. Okay, I got violent. And the way he kind of frames it is like, well, I wasn't able to make him laugh, I gotta resort to violence, I guess I still got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, that, that's essentially the end of the volume. After this, we kind of have a uh, little punchy and conchy uh, gag. Um, you do the usual Ren and Stimpy aesthetic. What do you mean? Yeah, it's funny. So, so the thing about this is the English, the first strip in English is exactly the same in Japanese. The second one, though, has a completely different translation. Like, the translation is completely different that completely different than the Japanese in pretty much every way. <laughs> so, uh, I don't have the English one open, but basically, it does? doesn't it, isn't it something like, um, basically, and uh, please forgive me, everybody, but, like, the joke here is, like, he's, like, it's, like, does my butt look big to you? That's the... It, it's related to him eating, but, like, he's holding his ass cheeks together to keep a fart from coming out. <laughs> uh, and like <laughs> and like uh I can never tell the difference between these two their names. I know one's Fulci and one's Conti, but I can't tell which one's which. <laughs> so That's sorry. a funnier joke. Yeah, like the final panel, like in the English version is where one of them is like, oh, you know, what define big. And it, and I still found that funny. Let me let me make that clear. It was still really funny. But the Japanese one is like, yeah, your ass is about already looks like it's ripped in two. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like yeah they I, I can understand why they changed that obviously because that wasn't going to fly in the Viz version and this is based Jesus. on the Viz translation so yeah yeah they were just they were just it re- looks it's like, related I, I to the first like one like the second one and also <laughs> by the way they they, <laughs> they have them looking for change in this version I thought that was going to be the, the joke. Japanese version is very clear they're looking for porno mags <laughs> so <laughs> so that yeah <laughs> I, I just found that I, like when i read the english version i was like okay and i read the japanese one, i'm like what why is of it did, did i just read yeah. this wrong <laughs> so but yeah the rest of the stuff is pretty much the same although i do find it funny like uh joko calling like they i i like the translation for the remix track where it's like um he says, "Oh, you're a hot-headed nerd. It's it it is otaku in Japanese. Like I, I just love the I just love the <laughs> I I just love the idea of Joko calling Horohoro an otaku. Just that just makes me happy on a level. <laughs> Got a temper, hunnard. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does Joko have an Audi belly button? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it the same size as his nose? <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. I hate it. Yeah, but I remember when I was one of the other things that really bothered me about his original design and I'm kind of glad I'm not laughing at the picture. <laughs> oh my god, this is more recent to K. What are you doing? Also, I put in the other chat and and I don't know if you lords they had some like really awesome Nikhil Gehara art at the Ugh. end of this in the Japanese version. Ugh. Yeah. That's so weird. Yes, I did see that. That ended up being actually the cover of Volume 5. I need to read this. I, I also, it's like a direct reference to like the ending of Nekogahara too. 
which is uh, an interesting ending. Nekogahara is just pure madness. It's like I mentioned before, it's essentially like a former samurai cat with a drug addiction. Drug addict. Who also has crippling PTSD. Not a great combination, but really interesting to read. I'll say is go read Nekogahara. It's really good. And unlike most of Takei's work, it's still licensed because it's Kodansha. One day we'll get an Ultimo relicense. And then people can see the madness of Stan Lee being a villain. He is my personal villain for dying on my birthday, though. But that's a story for another yeah. podcast. Stan <laughs> Lee was both. <laughs> Who'd have thought? He died on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> what the fuck? This is how I become a be super so villain. Mad. I just wanted people to come to my birthday party. And they're all mourning Stan Lee instead. Holy shit. Holy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Somebody start pitching their stuff before I lose my mind. You know, they should make a movie after Empire Joker. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Yes, before Marion makes us go insane... So, um, anybody got final thoughts on this volume? Yeah, so, outside of the problematic elements about Joko, I think overall I enjoy it, I think. Like, like we said, mm. most of most of the stuff, I feel, is kind of Takei not being knowledgeable about the ramifications of what he's drawing. And the backstory itself could really just be got, gotten rid of. The one thing I will say about the backstory that I do like is that that initial scene... I do like how it does have ramifications later, and it is kind of a character development moment for Joko. But also, it could also be done way better, and it's not a great depiction of one of your only black characters. Yeah. Again, I obviously can't speak for like every black person out there, but it's like, yeah, really could have, really could have done this better. I mean, I mean, again, I do like the ramifications of like the beginning scene, and and I will say I do like how the flash. I will say I do like how the flashback ends and how it kind of ties into the end of the fight later on. But like the rest of it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's all our thoughts, let's get out of here. So, Jet, thank you for coming on. And where can people find you on the internet? Uh, sure. Uh, you can find me uh, a regular on the Dub Top podcast, where we will usually be talking about anime dubs. Uh, you can also find me on another podcast, Podcast ONA, where uh, usually just uh, be talking about anime news and stuff. And of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Divine Dega, where I will just usually be ranting about cartoons or anime or whatever. Hmm. Awesome. Nice. And Marion, before you make another freaking pun, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Microwavy the E before the B. Um, I read a lot of reviews and editorials for different places. Uh, you know, Tsunami Faithful at tsunamifaithful.com. Uh, I write for Sakaki's uh, Shonen Sunday blog, uh, Uh Actually going to be working on a few reviews. They'll definitely be out by the time this episode is up on Anchor and other uh, podcast places uh so just look forward to any of that uh recently uh today i 
I'm going to date the podcast. Uh, we're recording this on the 20th of February. Uh, I actually just published today a review on some indie manga that I got from Iridori Comics. Um, yeah, that was that was really good. That, that was a really fun review. I was really happy to have that opportunity. You can find that on uh, my own personal blog. That's uh, heavensdoorknob.wordpress.com. And uh, all of my other podca- podcast projects, uh, they're all on my Twitter. Uh, they're all linked in a card that I have, which is microwavy.card.co. So you can find all of that on my Twitter. Mm, awesome. Yeah, definitely check out Marion's reviews. They do an amazing job. And I'm really glad they got to review some Iridori comic stuff because, God, Iridori Comics is such an underrated publisher. They do so many cool, like, niche doujinshi. And, and all, I know on Takahashi and, like, he does a lot of great insight about the manga industry. And, like, you can definitely tell, like, he publishes a lot of the manga that he loves, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's really cool, too, because uh, he just let me know, actually, that they probably have, like, the highest percentage of, like, royalties when whenever they make sales. Like, at least every contract they have is, like, 50% of the proceeds go directly to the author that they license from. Because they, they license directly from the authors, because doujinshis are... Uh, they're self-published works. Yeah, which is really cool. Like, he goes into a bit of the uh, process about that on the Manga Mavericks. Um, he interviewed, or, like, Lawman Colton interviewed Own like, a while back. It's a really great interview. So I highly recommend, recommend uh, checking that out if you have time. But, Sakaki, where can people find you? Yes, you can find me at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N, on Twitter. That's my personal Twitter. But now the more fun part is we can is w at wsstalkback.blogspot.com, where is where you can find Marion's uh, reviews, interviews with Shonen Sunday editors and with mangaka and other things. And the Twitter is where you can find all kinds of Shonen Sunday news. Um, we're definitely our, uh, I guess you could say our reason to be is to prove that there's stuff in Shonen Sunday besides Rumiko Takahashi and Detective Conan. And right now, Viz is doing a really good job of living up to that side of the, living up to their side of that obligation with all of the stuff that they've licensed. I'm so pleased. But yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, we do a review of the entire magazine, or I do, every week. And it's really nice to see people enjoying that. Like, uh, just recently, a few people have started commenting and saying, yeah, thank you for doing this, because otherwise we wouldn't know about this manga. Um, and as always, uh, and actually, recently, we have one person, I don't know if it'll be out before this episode comes out, but we actually got somebody that wants to write a guest spot about uh, Maiko-san. So, I... Yeah, they actually just DM'd me the other day saying that, hey, I got NHK, you want me to write something about it? And I was like, yeah, sure, definitely. Hey, let's go! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, but that leads me into what my next thing, which is, like, it, of course, anybody who ever, who's interested in writing about Shogakukan, manga, anime, anything, you know, let us know. We are always looking for guest writers, um... I always want to hear different voices. I mean, hell, I haven't said this in, in the past, but even if you're writing something about how you hated the Shonen Sunday series, I would want to. Know, I want to hear about it. We want to hear about it because we want to have different voices talk about Shogakukan. The more voices we have talking about it, the more likely it is that you know we'll have more of a well-rounded argument of telling Viz, "Hey, get more stuff." We have people that are interested in it. 
Um, besides that, I am also on the Demon Slayer podcast with, you know, Marion and V-Lord, as well as writing for Toonami Faithful. And, I mean, occasionally being on Manga Mavericks. And I'm also, and I will never remember the Twitter name, but I'm on Another Day, Another Adventure with Colton, where we talk about all, of, we're hoping to hit up all of the Dragon Ball uh, anime. Anything that's animated in Dragon Ball we're going to probably talk about it at some point. So right now I think it's Patreon only, but I do think at some point Colton is planning to release those publicly. So definitely check those out. Yeah, definitely check out Sakaki stuff as well. And uh, yeah, give him some love. Definitely follow all three of these people. They all do amazing stuff. But if you are interested in what I'm doing, you can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ. And then I write various things. Uh, about manga and light novels over on all-comic.com, as well as editorial pieces about Tanami for TanamiFaithful.com. And then I do a bunch of podcasts, because why not? Um, first of which is our main baby itself, the Demon Slayer Podcast on Twitter, at Podcast. Uh, we're getting very close to 4.5k, which is insane. Um, so definitely go check us out on there if you are into Demon Slayer. Then I also do the Dumb Weebs podcast, which is a general anime and manga podcast. And we are on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod, so go listen to that. And as we kind of alluded to, we also have another podcast coming up, Saturday Night Shoggy, which is probably gonna be out by the time this is out. Um, that is a podcast all about Shogakukan and all the wonderful manga that they release. It's the official podcast of the unofficial Shonen Sunday. <laughs> that just gets confusing. I'm kidding, yeah. It's just... Yes, totally. But that will be on Twitter at SatNightShoggy. So go follow it. And hopefully that first episode's out. Unless Sakaki didn't finish it. Which at that point, I will probably cut this out. But otherwise, go blame Sakaki. Go harass him. But make sure to follow them first. Yeah, great, great. My first time editing and you just throw a whole bunch of pressure on me. That's fine. (laughs) I'm fine with this. (laughs) But aside from that, I occasionally pop up on the Manga Mavericks. um, And I co-host Manga Mavericks at Movies. Um, So go follow Manga Mavericks on Twitter at Manga Mavericks. And then I also... I'm a regular co-host on the Tanami Faithful podcast on Twitter at Tanami Podcast. So check out that as well. Yeah, that's basically everything. I do way too much. And yeah, <laughs> send help or edit my podcasts. But anyways, that does it for this episode. So we will see you guys later. Good night, everyone. <laughs>